0: Welcome to the Happy Home birth Podcast, your source for positive natural childbirth stories and your community of support, education, and encouragement in all things home birth and motherhood. For those of you who have given birth before, when did you know you were in labor? Was it a slow, gradual realization? Or did you only know for sure when you started feeling your body pushing? Hey there, happy homebirthers, and welcome to episode 113 of the Happy Home Birth Podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin Fusco, and for Megan, who dealt with prodromal labor for weeks, well, it wasn't until she felt herself pushing that she finally realized, okay, yep, this is definitely happening. Her second home birth was vastly different from her first, as we'll soon hear. But before we jump into the episode, I'd love to thank our reviewer of the week, Alexa J.B., who writes, Normalizing natural home birth. I love this podcast. Currently preparing for my second home birth when I found this, and I've been binge listening to all the episodes. Love hearing about other mamas' experiences to get in the mindset of birth. Thankful for Caitlin making home birth stories available to everyone to normalize natural birth. Makes me so excited to go through this beautiful process another time very soon. Well, congratulations, Alexa. I can't wait to hear how that birth goes for you. And if you will send me an email at Caitlin at myhappyhomebirth.com, I will be sending you a happy home birth podcast sticker. And if you get just a moment today, would you mind hopping over to Apple podcasts and leaving a rating, perhaps even a review? It's such a great free way to support the show. And I am so appreciative. All right, friends, let's jump right in. Please remember that the opinions of my guest may not necessarily reflect my own and vice versa, and that neither one of us are medical professionals. So continue to see your doctor, your midwife, or if you're like me, your chiropractor. Megan, thank you so much for coming on the Happy Home Birth Podcast. Thanks for having me. I'm excited
1: to be here. I'm excited to have you. Would you mind starting by just introducing yourself to the listeners? Yeah. Uh, well, my name's Megan Wilson, and me and my husband have been married for a little over three years. We have two children. We live on a little homestead in Montana. We raise chickens and meat rabbits, and we have a garden, and we're remodeling our 100-plus-year-old farmhouse, so we're, we're pretty busy. <laughs> You're living the life.
0: Yeah, it's pretty awesome. (laughs) That's awesome. I will say, so we have chickens and we also tried our hands at rabbits earlier this year. It just did not go well for me.
1: Oh no, what happened? (laughs) No,
0: well, okay. So the one time it was like, they were were younger, they were on the younger side. So, but it was like time to breed them and I thought I did everything right and no rabbits, no babies. And I was like, okay, this is not the way that it's supposed to work. And so then I was like, you yeah. know what, I'm going to give, I gave the rabbits back to the people we had gotten them from. And then I was like, we'll just focus on the chickens for now. So we're taking it yeah. one step at a time. Over here. over
1: <laughs> Nice. Yep. Yeah, that happened to us a few times this earlier this year. <laughs> it's a little annoying. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Glad
0: I'm not the only one. Yep. that's awesome. okay, so you've got your little homestead, so I'd yeah. love to hear how you got started what was what was going into
1: pregnancy for the first time like um i mean my my you mean my first pregnancy? yeah, yeah, um, my first pregnancy was really good, really easy. I just felt really grateful to be pregnant because I had had a miscarriage prior to getting pregnant with my daughter. So I was like really excited to be pregnant and also a little nervous that I would lose the baby again. But yeah, that first pregnancy was pretty smooth other than that. So
0: did you, had you guys been planning to get pregnant or how did that happen?
1: Yeah, it's kind of an interesting story and it's kind of a really cool story in that the baby that we lost actually kind of saved me. I have Graves disease. So I have hyperthyroid and we were actually going to have my thyroid surgically removed, but they wanted to do a pregnancy test before they took it out. And I was pregnant, but then I miscarried. But then in that month, I was starting to think maybe I should heal this with like herbs or something different. And I like totally was able to heal it with herbs. So I was like, I don't know, I'm kind of like so grateful to that baby that was there that saved me from you know, having to take a medication for the rest of my life. Wow. So we weren't, we weren't really trying at that point, even like it was just totally, I don't know, like God, it was totally God. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's incredible.
1: And so you, you did heal your thyroid with, with herbs. Yes, I did. Mm-hmm. I, we found out that um, gluten was actually causing my high thyroid. So all I have to uh. do is avoid gluten my thyroid will get higher when I'm pregnant. And so right now I'm still trying to bring it back down with herbs. But other than that, once I get it regulated, all I have to do is avoid gluten and it's good. So it's crazy That's that the doctor amazing. wanted to, you know, take out my thyroid when you could just fix it with that.
0: <laughs> I know. And, I, you know, I feel like that seems to be the case with so many things. And obviously, you know, there are there's a time and a place for surgery. There's a time and a place for, for everything. But, uh, you know, definitely I've heard so many stories that, yeah the the natural more easier path is sometimes ignored and we go on right. to these you know really like life altering forever you know, know decisions yeah. when when you could try something else in the beginning so like for example my gallbladder when i was after i was pregnant with my first so like during the postpartum it started really acting up. And I knew like, oh, they're going to tell me to remove it. But I, oh. I ended up doing a lot of like, a lot of natural healing and was able to heal that as well. So that's really cool to hear. Oh, that's awesome.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Okay.
0: So, so you, you had one, one pregnancy, you miscarried that baby, you began yep. working on your thyroid. Yeah. And, and then what I, was that like?
1: Yeah. I mean, the thyroid was kind of a long process and I actually got pregnant again the next month with the pregnancy that turned out to be my daughter. Mm -hmm. So, which was really crazy that like my thyroid hadn't even changed that much by then. So, you know, I thought that it was the thyroid that made the first baby miscarry, but Sophia did just really great. So yeah. And then that pregnancy was like super smooth and... I don't really remember. I mean, I did have morning sickness, but I mean, other than that, it was a really easy pregnancy. That's wonderful. And were you planning to have a home birth with your first? Not at first. Um, We were like, well, we'll have one hospital birth. And then after that, once we kind of know what we're doing, we'll have a home birth after that. But um, my sister-in-law actually is super into home births. She's had, let's see, I think she's had a hospital birth a birth center birth, a home birth, and an unassisted birth. So wow. she talked to me. Yeah, she has like had the whole gamut of births. <laughs> um, but she talked me into it. Um, so it was like, she actually talked me into it when I was pregnant with the baby that we miscarried. So I was like totally planning on it by the time I got pregnant with Sophia. So right away, mm-hmm. I called the midwife that is kind of our family midwife. She Deliver babies for my husband's mom, and she delivers babies for that sister-in-law. So she she's the family midwife. <laughs> oh, that's amazing! I love that. I know. I've, I've got some some friends that have that kind of situation
0: around where I live too. <laughs> nice. That's so neat.
1: I know it is really cool.
0: <laughs> so you you get on her schedule, and then what was your prenatal care like? What was that? What? How did that all go?
1: Really smoothly. Um, I loved my. Prenatal visits with her. They would be like an hour long. Most of it would just be like chatting with her about life. It wasn't even really like medical at all. She would check the baby's heart rate and she um, would measure from my belly button to my pubic bone um, and she would just see how I was doing. But I, I loved the prenatal visits. So I went like, I can't remember how often I went. I know at the end I was going like once a week or every other week, which We live an hour away from her. So it was a lot of driving to get to the prenatal visits. Yeah. But yeah, it was really good. Oh,
0: That's wonderful. Okay. So, and it sounds like your husband came from a home birthing family. Is that right?
1: Yeah. He wasn't a home birth, but his younger siblings are, which is really cool.
0: Gotcha. Okay. So yeah, so everyone's kind of on board with this.
1: (laughs) I know. Yeah, I was like, so glad that like, he didn't think I was crazy. And they all thought this was like, totally normal. (laughs) Oh, That's awesome. What about your family? I mean, they thought it was a little more odd than Luke's family. Because I mean, (laughs) we're from like a big city that's, I don't know, I feel like it's pretty common here. And we're like a little town, a lot of people do home births. But in a big city it's like a lot more rare so i think they were just like what that's weird (laughs) but they (laughs) they kind of warmed up to the idea pretty quickly and i think my dad was more concerned but once he heard i was like going to like a midwife and he heard that she actually has all the tools to like in case of emergencies so he felt better after that and i mean with the second one they were like oh yeah that's a great idea. They thought it was awesome. So <laughs> that's, that's perfect. That's what you want. I know. Yep. Okay. <laughs> it was great. So, I'm I'm curious to hear
0: what what was the end of the pregnancy like, and kind of your leading into labor.
1: What how did that all unfold? I mean, I was pretty impatient. I went three days late, which isn't really that much, but I was like so ready to meet the baby. And even though even though I do really enjoy being pregnant. I was like, at the end, I just get like, okay, I'm all done with this. <laughs> right. um, but yeah, I, I have a lot of um, Braxton Hicks contractions starting at like 20 weeks. So pretty oh, wow. early. Um, but then I started, yeah, I started labor three days after my due date. And it kind of just went all day. It was like super manageable for like the majority of it. I was just, let's see. This was like two years ago. I'm trying to remember all the details. (laughs) Um, I think it started before I got up in the morning and it went all day and I was just walking around doing dishes, um, just regular housework. And then I think our midwife didn't even come until like 10 o'clock that night. Mm -hmm. And by the time she got there, I think I was like five centimeters dilated. And um, my husband decided he was going to go go to bed for a little while and get some rest. (laughs) Um, And then I was just out on the couch watching Heartland on Netflix and the midwife was taking a little nap. Um, And then they started getting really, really intense. (laughs) I hit transition and I was like not handling it very well. I really hadn't, I, I had listened to some birth stories but I hadn't really done as much preparation as I realized I should have. Just like preparing myself for how much it might hurt. Um, Cause once I hit transition, I was like, just not handling it as well as I would have liked to, but yeah, I, I think I was in transition for three hours and then I was push pushing for three hours. (laughs) Oh, wow. Yeah. So, um, see about the time I was like nine or nine and a half centimeters Mm -hmm. had been like three hours of transition. And she was like, do you want me to break your water? It'll help it go faster. I was like, yes, let's just, let's just do that. That's fine. Um, and after she broke my water, I dilated the rest of the way pretty quickly. Um, but then I had a cervical lip. So she was having to reach in and like pull the cervical lip out of the way every time I pushed, which was horrible. I didn't even realize how uncomfortable that might be. (laughs) But yeah, um, I was laying in bed for a while, laying on either side. And then I was, oh yeah. And I was planning on having a water birth so they filled up the birth pool it got all ready and then i got in it and i was in it for like two minutes and then it starts like the edges start like sagging down a little bit oh no and, and like in my pregnancy state of mind i was like what is going on why is luke pushing on the edge of the <laughs> birth pool like i had no idea what was going on but we realized that our cat had popped it and <gasps> all the water was about to like just erupt all over our living room and so the midwife and luke were like running back and forth to the bathroom trying to bail it out with buckets and i'm just like i got out and sit on the couch i'm just like trying to ignore all the chaos around me (laughs) right it was it was crazy i was so mad at that cat That cat's
0: an outside cat now.
1: <laughs> she is an outside cat. <laughs> yeah, it was funny. Uh, my, my sister-in-law likes to tell the story of she, she came over when I was in labor, and she, I was sitting on the chair petting this cat, and she was like, you should really get up and walk around. I'm like, no, I'm holding the cat. I don't want to disturb her. And then she comes back after I had the baby, and the cat walks through the room, and I, look, I glare at the cat. am like, that cat. She was like, she always ta- tells the story, how funny it was, my, my change and viewing that cat. <laughs> with good reason. Yes. <laughs> to totally so I didn't get my wa- water birth that I wanted, but <laughs> that's okay. Oh, man. Okay. So they're, they're bailing out the water. What, what's going on next? Well, I'm just sitting on the couch and I'm like, my, I'm trying to like lift my body up with my arms so I'm, like, pushing on the couch, trying to, like, lift myself up. So I'm just, like, sitting there with my butt off the couch, like, sitting on my hands. It was, like, really weird, but it was, like, helping take the pressure off of my pelvis. Mm-hmm. And I sit there for a while, and then I move back to the bed, and then I come back out to the couch, and then she finally gets out her birth stool, and I sit on the birth stool, and that that is that was the most comfortable for me to sit on the birth stool. Mm-hmm. And then – um yeah, it it took a long time, and it, I, the cervical lip finally went away, and um, I was very, very loud during this birth. <laughs> mm. After, I think I was, like, screaming at the top of my lungs with every contraction for three hours, and my wow. voice was, like, gone afterwards. It was terrible. Yeah. I thought for sure the neighbors would, like, call the cops thinking someone was dying in our house.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah,
1: she... Did you feel that, I mean, you kind of alluded
0: to this, I guess, but you felt like maybe you didn't have the coping mechanisms or coping techniques that you would have hoped to have during that time?
1: Yeah. I, I kind of felt like I just wasn't super knowledgeable. I mm-hmm. don't know. Like I just, cause I knew going into it, I had no idea what this would feel like. So I kind of just went into it thinking, Oh, I'll just figure it out as it happens, which is not a good plan um but yeah I just kind of wished I had like done more research maybe listened to more birth stories and um I mean I read the hypnobirthing book but I don't really do well with you know things that you have to remember to do every day um Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) so that wouldn't have worked out for me but I just more research would have been helpful I think
0: gotcha yeah that makes sense
1: yeah so yeah um she was finally born and she was like all bruised up on her poor little head and face from Mm -hmm. being in the birth canal for so long. But, um, and I was like so exhausted when she was born. I like almost feel like I didn't even get to enjoy that first tiny little bit, like just born because I was like so tired. Right. But yeah, I mean, I, it took me a while before I wanted to get pregnant again. Afterwards, I was like, I am never doing that again. <laughs> mm, yeah. But then by, like, so, two or- Go ahead.
0: Oh, I was just going to say, so what position did you actually finally push out? Was it on the birth stool?
1: Yeah, it was on the birth stool. So kind of like in a sitting squat position. Right. Yeah.
0: Gotcha. Okay. So back to what you were saying, you, you didn't think you would want to get pregnant for a while. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it took me to like two or three months postpartum. I was like, well, she's pretty cute. I guess I want another one. (laughs) Yeah.
0: And then what was the, it sounds like, I guess the age gap isn't too different, is it? I mean, it's not too big, is it?
1: Yes, they only have a 15-month age gap. So I got pregnant with him when she was six months old. Gotcha. I I actually got my period back when she was two months, which I was not very happy about. Oh, um, really? But, yeah, but then it like skipped a month. On the third month, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to be pregnant and they're going to be less than a year apart. <laughs> I was like freaking out. <laughs> but I guess I had just skipped my period. <laughs> mm, yeah, kind of like just
0: it was getting back to normal. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> Interesting.
0: Yeah. Okay, so so you got pregnant six months in, and what was that like? What was that experience like?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I I was so emotional over it because my my milk supply has started to dry up before we even knew I was pregnant and then I was just like so panicked because she was like not getting enough food and she I I could tell she was hungry and you know I just couldn't like all my tricks that I do have to get my milk supply back up were not working I like called a La Leche League person in our area I was like trying to talk to all the breastfeeding moms that I knew of to try to see what was wrong. Um, And then I finally take a pregnancy test and I'm pregnant. I was like, oh, well, that's, that's what's going on. There we go. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I tried for like a week or two to keep my milk supply up while I'm pregnant, but I guess I'm just not one of those people who can nurse while they're pregnant. I mean, I'm with my high thyroid, I get really skinny, really fast. My Mm probably, my body probably just can't handle both of those things Right. Um, But yeah, it was like super emotional because I was like almost mad at the baby for taking away my other baby's milk. (laughs) It was ridiculous. I was like, that's, that's a lot of hormones you had going on there. I know. Like super, super emotional and hormonal. It was, it was a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so then
0: you're going into this pregnancy with a six month old, how was experiencing pregnancy with that?
1: I definitely didn't, like, um, I don't know, I didn't, like, experience the pregnancy as much as with her. I was, like, so busy with the other child that I was, like, I would almost, like, miss things that were happening, you know, Mm -hmm. like, I was just so distracted, Um, but I, I, this, the second pregnancy was a little bit harder. I had a little bit more morning sickness, which was unfortunate, because I still had to take care of the six-month-old great oh gosh that's a lot and then I was making her raw milk formula which you have to make a new batch every 24 hours because Mm -hmm. it'll go bad and I was like yeah it was it was a lot for that I'm curious to
0: know your um if you have like a specific recipe that you use I'd love to share that in the show
1: yeah yeah it's actually from the nourishing traditions cookbook that's um, what I was thinking it would be from. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that one's great. I love that one.
0: <laughs> awesome. Okay, well, I can link that one. I've got that one. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> that's awesome. Okay, so you're, you're doing the raw milk formula. That is a lot of work. That's yes. a taxing, yes. taxing amount of work. So you're doing that. You've got morning sickness. Ooh, that's... How long did that last?
1: <laughs> um... I don't really remember. I think just about for the first trimester, maybe slightly into the second, but, um, by the, by that point I was starting to feel a bit better, thankfully. Yeah. Yeah. And how did the rest of the pregnancy go? It was pretty good. The second trimester was really, really great. And then about getting into the third trimester, I started having really bad, um, pelvic pain like my pubic bone was hurting all the time Mm. and I kept going to the chiropractor because it was like out of position which is like really painful when it's out but then because all of your ligaments are loosened because of pregnancy it doesn't stay in when you go get adjusted right so I was like going to the chiropractor like every week (laughs) Mm. to try to get some relief um but yeah I was having a lot of um pubic bone pain and then I was having um a lot more Braxton hicks than last time and then starting at like 37 weeks i had prodromal labor every day until i gave birth three three weeks later (laughs) no (laughs) yeah it was it was interesting i it it definitely taught me a lot about patience (laughs) that's for sure (laughs) yeah i can imagine
0: So what did that prodromal labor feel like? I mean, wh- when would it start? Was it like a consistent pattern of, oh, it happened at this time every day or what What was that like?
1: Yeah. So it was like when I would get up in the morning, it would start and then it would go all day until like an hour after I went to bed. <laughs> oh my gosh. And it was, it felt like labor, like there are real contractions, but they just don't do go as anywhere. much as real labor. Yeah. So I was like, totally, totally thought I was going into labor every day. And then my, my hopes would be crushed at the end of the day and I'd be all grumpy. And I'm sure my husband loved that. (laughs) Yeah. That's so, I mean, that's also exhausting.
0: Yes. Very exhausting. (laughs) So, okay. Then I know a lot of moms wonder this. So once it was actually labor time, how did you know like how did you feel like okay this is this is really it or were you kind of unsure yeah
1: yeah that's that's a good question because i was like so worried about this those whole three weeks because i'm like i'm so sure i'm going into labor every day how on earth am i gonna know i was like text my midwife like do you think this is real labor and she's like no just calm down go take a bath that's what she would always say to me (laughs) um but i actually didn't even know it was real labor until i was in transition I was like so suspicious of it. Wow! Like not not gonna let myself get my hopes up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah.
0: So and then once it got to transition, there was no denying. <laughs> There's yes. no denying that
1: <laughs> there was no denying. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay,
0: so that makes things really tricky, I guess. So you go into late, or you've been in labor and (laughs) you are now in transition. Where is everybody? Like, how is this story unfolding with everyone around you?
1: Yeah. So, okay. So I'm going to go a little bit back to, we had gone to bed that night, just like normal. I was having all my prodromal labor contractions, just like I always did. And then they actually stopped at uh, like 11 after I had fallen asleep. And then they Mm -hmm. started again at 12. So I had like an hour of sleeping. And then they felt like maybe different, but they had changed so many times before that I was like, this is dumb. So I went right. and made myself some tea. Cause if I just like did something else, they would usually like not be as bad. Um, and then they just like kept feeling different. And I was like, Hmm, this is maybe it. I was like on my due date right then. And so I, at, let's see, at tw- Twelve thirty. 30 so I had been up for half an hour trying to decide I woke up Luke at 12 30 I was like so I'm having contractions but I don't really know if this is it and he's like well just wake me up when you know you always have contractions <laughs> mm-hmm. he was like asleep and not wanting to be woken up at that point but then <laughs> after after I'd said that he got excited and got up anyway <laughs> <laughs> Um, But like I tried to lay down and then I had a really intense contraction laying down. And I think that was the start of transition. I feel so claustrophobic when I labor laying down. I was like, okay, nope, that is not gonna happen. And so we got up and my midwife was still at home. She was an hour away. (laughs) We tend to not really tell anyone that we're in labor. So no one else really knew besides Luke. Um, Let's see. I think, yeah, we came out to the living room and I was trying to sit on our exercise ball and Luke would like hold my hands and I would like rock as far back as I could, like rock back and forth to try to like relieve the pressure in my hips, Mm -hmm. but like nothing was working. Like the the only thing that felt even remotely okay was to stand up and lean over. (laughs) Um, I think about this time we texted my midwife while I was still sitting on the, the birth ball And she was like, okay, we'll just time the contractions. And by that point, I was like, so deep into it that I was like, I could not even focus on pressing the button on my phone to time the contractions. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So Luke had to do it. I would like squeeze his hand when one started and stopped. And they were, I had been in labor for half an hour and they were 60 seconds long and 60 seconds apart. (laughs) Oh boy. Yeah. So I sent her the, the, all the times and she was like, oh my gosh, I'm getting out of my pajamas and I'm on the way. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: So I, I mean, I kind of knew that she wouldn't be there, but I was like, I was like almost excited that I would get to do it by myself. (sighs) Yeah. (laughs) It was like, I had almost like set myself up to have that happen because like so much during my pregnancy, I was like, I bet I'll have a really fast labor and the midwife won't even be here and I'll be able to Mm -hmm. have my own baby. And that's exactly Mm -hmm. what happened. It was like, I was bringing it to fruition (laughs) (laughs) all the time. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. So Um, she's
0: on her way, but you've got contractions a minute apart lasting a minute.
1: Yes. (laughs) Yeah. So, and we had these sheets, these papers on the refrigerator. I had written out everything we needed to do. When I went into labor, I was very organized (laughs) And so Luke was trying to do all these things in the 60 seconds between my contractions. So he was like running around like a maniac. We had to like cover the windows because we're right in town. I didn't want anyone to watch me be in labor. (laughs) Mm. He had to like get out the birth box and get out my essential oils and like all these things. And I was like, okay, just don't, we don't need any of this stuff. Just don't worry about it. Because I was like, I really, really needed him there during contractions. And there was like not very much time in between the contractions. Right. Yeah. So... Um, I, I moved from the birth ball over and I was just like kind of doing things instinctively without even really realizing it. But I went over to a place on our floor that like, doesn't really matter. Cause it's just subfloor cause we're remodeling. Mm-hmm. And I was like standing there leaning over our baby gate, having these like super strong contractions. It like felt like a freight train was going through my body. Like I've heard people say that I'm like, that can't really feel like that. But then like actually feeling it, I was like, okay, that like totally makes sense, that analogy. Mm-hmm. Um, and we kept we kept texting, Luke would text on Dono and be like, tell her updates. Cause I started bleeding a little bit. Mm-hmm. It was like dripping on the floor. So we texted her and she was like, it's, it's probably just from her cervix opening so fast. And then mm-hmm. she would text us whenever she got to the next town. Um, so yeah, I was standing there. I started bleeding, and then my water broke. So I was like, leaking blood and amniotic fluid all over the floor. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and Luke was—he did remember to um, put my essential oils on, which I was really happy with. Nice, clutch. <laughs> <I>, yep, <yeah, laughs> I had a roller bottle that I wanted to like rub on my um, my abdomen and my wrist. So he, he remembered that I had wanted to do that. So he was doing it, which I was really happy about. <laughs> um, but like I, during contractions, I would like put all of the weight of my upper body onto Luke. Like I was standing there bent over at a 90 degree angle. And then I was just like relaxing on my weight onto him. <laughs> I felt so bad. Mm. He was like holding up with one arm and his other arm, he was holding onto, um, a beam in our wall because it was like still an open wall, and he was like holding on to the wall, like trying to hold himself up. It was like ridiculous. <laughs> I, I'm glad that it was a fast labor because he wouldn't have been able to do that for very long. <laughs> <sighs> uh,
0: um, yeah. So yeah. okay. So you guys are working through labor super fast. You. Yep. your water has broken. Did it, did you notice any significant change with the water broken or was it about the same as right before that?
1: Uh, you mean the intensity of the contractions? Uh Uh-huh. Oh no, I didn't really notice a difference. I just, um, yeah, I mean, it was getting more and more intense with everyone anyway. Right. So I didn't really notice it was from that, but it would only come out when I was having a contraction and then when the contraction would stop, the amniotic fluid would stop coming out. It was kind of weird. (laughs) Um, But like with my first labor, I was so loud, like screamed so much. And with this one, I was like quiet as a mouse. It was like completely opposite, which was really Mm. nice because I didn't want to wake up our daughter who was sleeping upstairs. Um, But like, Luke didn't even know how, how close I was because of how, of how quiet I I was being. Like, he was like, and how different it was. Yes. Like so crazy. But, um, you know, I was like super quiet for a long time. And then as I got closer to pushing, I was like making these like grunting or growling Mm -hmm. noises. And like, Mm -hmm. um, before this, Luke had set up our camera to get the birth, and I was looking back on the footage, and I heard him laugh at me when, <laughs> when I was making those noises, <laughs> which I'm glad I didn't hear him during, or I would have been embarrassed to make them. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, um. Yeah, and then, so I had been, it was like, let me think, it was like 1.30, and I, my body started pushing by itself. And it was like that, it was that fetal ejection reflex, which I had not felt at all with my daughter. So it was like so cool to feel mm-hmm. Um But it was just like totally happening by itself. And I still had this irrational thought that the midwife would get there and tell me I was two centimeters dilated. Oh, wow. Oh, so even though my body was pushing, I was like, no, I'm only two centimeters. I can't push yet. And then I was like... After like 15 minutes, maybe I was like, well, maybe I'll just check myself. So I checked myself and he was like right there at the opening. Like he was <laughs> like, about to come out. <laughs> I was like, okay, I guess that means I'm dilated. I can push with the contractions. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I started pushing with the contractions. And that was only like two, two more pushes after that. And wow. his his head came out and then it just kind of sat there until the next contraction, and this was really funny because like Luke still had no idea what was going on. <laughs> and, yeah. Oh wow! Yeah, and I was I was standing there, and then all of a sudden I, I squat down, I get in this low squat, and I like as his head comes out, I feel the ring of fire, and I like lunge towards the baby gate, and Luke's like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> and he was like, <laughs> had no idea what I was even doing, and then I like kind of turn to the side and I like reached down and hold onto his head with my hands. And Luke looks down. He's, he like does that double look like what the baby's like coming out right now. <laughs> oh my gosh. It was so funny. Um, <laughs> yeah. So his head's just sitting there and then the next contraction comes and his body comes out. And beforehand I had been so concerned about not being able to catch the baby because you know, they're slippery. First mm-hmm. the come out, but it was like, no problem. Like, I just grabbed him and tried to pull him up to my chest. But, like, I remember being frustrated about this, that his cord was too short to mm-hmm. let me pull him up. But then I realized that it was around the back of his neck. So it was, like, up from his belly button, around the back of his neck, and then down the other side. So it wasn't, like, around the front of his neck, but it was, like, making oh. it a shorter than it needed gotcha. to be. Um, so you were able to just unloop that. Yeah, so I – after I, like – looked at it like I was like so confused it had happened so fast I was looking at it, like what is going on here it was like so hard for me to figure that out <laughs> what am I looking at I know <laughs> yeah um yeah I sent Luke for some waterproof pads and towels to lay on the couch so I could go sit down um which was like crazy to me that I was like with it enough to tell him that because mm-hmm. last time I was like dead by the time the baby was right. born Like I had been falling asleep in between contractions. I was so tired last time. So it was like Mm. such a different experience that I was like so present. It was, it was awesome.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's amazing to hear. Yeah. So your midwife,
1: when did she, (laughs) when did she get there? And did she know before she got there that the baby had been born? We didn't text her. So she didn't know, but she came in, she walked in the door like a minute later. Like she barely missed it um but we ha- we were sitting on the couch by that point and he was crying um oh yeah I forgot to say when he when he first came out he was like kind of gargly like making a gargling noise and so I like turned him over and like wiped off his face with my hand and then he started crying but it was just mm-hmm. like that little moment of like oh my gosh I hope that he's okay cuz we're by ourselves right but he was like totally good mm-hmm. um but yeah she walked in the door and she heard him crying she's like oh it sounds like there's a baby and she sent, sent Luke to get a blanket because we hadn't even thought to put a blanket over him. Like, he was on me, but he didn't have a blanket on. Um, and it was in the middle of winter, so it was really cold. <laughs> um, yeah, and then she just... he Well, he was laying on me. He peed, and then he pooped, and then he peed again. <laughs> he so was he like, works. He was ready to go. <laughs> and we realized that he had he had actually had meconium in the waters cause his cord was stained brown. Ah. So that that was interesting. And a little bit scary because um, when I was born, they had to induce my mom because I had meconium in the waters mm-hmm. and it was taking too long. So that was kind of interesting that it would happen. Happened. Again. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That is interesting. Yeah. So, all right. So you had an unexpectedly unassisted birth. Yeah. <laughs> Luckily you had a midwife right there to come check everything out. But what was that like immediately? I mean, whoa, that is a lot to process. Like, how yes. are you feeling after that?
1: I was like in such shock. It was I like, I don't even know. I was like, I started shaking like violently from all the adrenaline and like, yeah. Just the shock of the whole experience, um, like, yeah, it was just very exciting and awesome. But like, I just, I was like looking, I'm like, what, what in the world just happened? <laughs> yeah. And I think Luke too was like really, like just wow, that was really fast. <laughs>
0: yeah I mean especially he, he didn't even realize you know like, right
1: yeah <laughs> <it didn't>, like <laughs> it's
0: coming out that, that would know. be very shocking, though I mean, for you as well, you didn't even realize you were really in labor until you are waking up in transition, so this is right. just
1: yeah I mean super we were intense. we were like prepared for a marathon like last time, like my first labor was twenty four hours to go to two hours, like I would have never thought <laughs> that that would happen, yeah. Yeah, that's a significant decrease in time. <laughs> yeah, I'm curious to see what the next
0: one's going to be like. <laughs> I know, yeah. And so you said this was in the winter. How old is your baby now? He is seven months old. Seven months old. Yeah. Okay, so how is it now having having your two, you know, pretty close together?
1: Yeah, it was actually easier than I expected, surprisingly. Okay. Um, Luke was able to stay home for the first, like, week or two. And I had a lot of family to help. So, like, the beginning was, like, a little bit difficult. Like, I had, I mean, just adjusting to having a newborn and -hmm. not getting sleep and stuff. But then, like, now it's, like, no problem. I, like, am able to, like, can the majority of our family's food for the year and run an online business and keep the house clean. And, like, it just seems not very hard to me. Whereas wow. like when I was pregnant, I was like freaking out about how I'd possibly manage to, because one just seemed so hard at that point. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's like gone really well. I really like having two. Oh, that's awesome. You are welcome to come to my house and can
0: my food for a year and take care of my online business. OB. Yeah. <laughs> That would be fun. (laughs) That's incredible. Wow. That is so neat. So do you have them like involved as you guys like go outside and do your chores and all of your homestead stuff?
1: Yeah, Sophia likes to go out and catch chickens. She has, there's two chickens that will let her pick them up and she just walks around and she's like, she's very petite. So this chicken is like half of her size. (laughs) It's pretty funny to see her walking around with the chicken but yeah, she I love that. loves helping It's pretty cute. And <laughs> oh, I'll just that's like, I've like worn him since he was a newborn. And now that he's bigger, I just will strap him on my back and get to work. And he just like hangs out back there. He loves it. <laughs> oh, that's the best. Yeah.
0: My girls are also massive chicken fans. And if I even say the word chicken, you know, <laughs> if we're, if we're cooking chicken for dinner, whatever, my youngest Lillian, so she's 16 months now, she just always goes,
1: she just <laughs> does her little oh chicken gosh. that is so funny <laughs> it is the cutest <laughs> oh my gosh that is so cute <laughs> oh man yeah i think well, sophia just realized that chicken that we eat and chickens outside are the same thing because i i handed her a plate of chicken and i said look it's chicken and she pointed at, she was like what chicken yes and then she pointed out the window and she's like chicken she like seemed, seemed a little freaked out. For a minute. <laughs>
0: that's so funny you say that because not long ago, my three-year-old and I were talking, like I just was cooking chicken. She was like, "Mom, mommy, chickens are for living on the land. We don't eat chicken. <laughs> that's <laughs> like, so funny. Oh, oh, my dear, but we do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Wow. What incredible stories. Like, oh, thank so- you. Thank you. It's so neat to hear the difference too, you know, this long labors, and uh, which is what happened with me. You know, I had a super long labor with my first and then a two and a half with my second, right? Yeah, that's amazing. Three and a half. I don't even remember now. But yeah, it was (laughs) short. It was so short. So that difference is, I mean, it's just incredible. It's so neat to hear how our bodies, you know, are just so different. And just like you said, you know, you, your body, you were one way in your first labor and then the second, it was totally different. It's each baby, each experience is its own
1: unique little story. I know. Yeah. It's amazing. (laughs) We're at the point right now where my milk started drying up Uh. with Sophia. And actually at this exact same time, my milk actually took a dip and I was like freaking out. Uh Uh-oh. Um, but it came back up, so I think we're good. And I think I was—I think I was just not eating enough food because I was so busy canning.
0: Ah, uh, I was gonna say—is do we have number three on deck?
1: Yeah. <laughs> Ready to go? And I was like taking pregnancy tests. I was like, no, this cannot happen again. We've been so. <laughs>
0: Oh my gosh. Well, well, whenever it does, you're welcome back on the podcast. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. Megan, thank you so much for coming on the happy home birth podcast. Thank you so much for sharing your stories with us. Yeah. Thanks for having me. What a fun conversation. As we head into this week's episode roundup, I'm thinking of how different everyone's experience of not only labor, but also early motherhood can be and different with each baby too. I'm specifically thinking of how Megan was very concerned that her life would be incredibly difficult with two babies so close together in age that she wouldn't be able to get anything done. And then it wasn't that way at all. I think of how if someone asks, which was the hardest transition, going from no children to one, or one to two, or two to three? When you ask three different mothers, you'll likely get three different answers. It's an important reminder that each story and experience is different. And the best option, in my opinion, is to go into the journey with an open mind and a willingness to ask for help when we need it. And hey, maybe we'll need it. Maybe we won't. Maybe we'll be able to be the one offering the help to someone else. And when it comes to offering help, Megan, I will still gladly take you up on that offer to come can my food at my house. Okay. (laughs) All right, my friends, that's all I've got for you today. I can't wait to see you back here next week. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Are you looking to extend the home birth support, encouragement, and education? Join us in our Facebook group, happy home birth podcast community. And check us out on Instagram at happy home birth podcast.